Thank you for listening to the Trans Narrative Podcast. My name is Athena Pramax, and today I'm joined by Mar Newell to help me interview uh, AC. Uh, AC, would you care to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm AC. I'm 31. I'm trans femme, non-binary. I'm bi, and I have been transitioning now for about three years. Well, it's good to meet you. Uh, we've got lots to talk about for sure. Uh, Mar, uh, you, you said you appreciate another they, them in the room. So uh, Mark, here to introduce yourself to the audience as well. Yeah, Mar here. They, them, but I'm trans mask. Been uh, on testosterone for 18 months now and would love to have top surgery. So if anybody wants to send me money, we'll put my cash app out there because that stuff is very expensive. But I'm just happy to be here and I'm happy to be with a little bit more of the MB army out in the world. Maybe we can discuss some pronoun usage and even in the community, sometimes it's hard. Yep. Absolutely. Well, I've, I've been going by she, her, myself for uh, since I started transitioning. It's been a year and a half. I've been on hormones now. Um, and I've been out as Athena and been using my professional name at work for a year now. Uh, it was just this month, a year ago. Uh, so, uh, uh, but the pronoun usage for me, I, I did kind of want to see if I could use like a they them for a bit, but it seemed to me like that wasn't what I originally wanted. Like it was a compromise positions to me. So what what is uh, your feeling? How do you use your pronouns to express yourself? I generally feel like I'm both genders. Um, when I was really young, I definitely wanted to be a girl and that has always been a bit of a dream, but after going through puberty and growing up, I kind of realized that I don't really want to leave my masculine side completely away. And I'm kind of both genders at the same time. So something that I try and go for is something more neutral so they them seemed perfectly neutral to me no gender and just kind of easy i guess mm -hmm. well uh they can be difficult though for some people who feel maybe more familiar a lot of people want relationships and say this is my daughter my son my wife my husband those kinds of relationships that are kind of at the most core uh, relationships. So there's obviously some words you can use, though, that would be perfectly acceptable instead. My child my, or my my spouse, those kind of things. Uh, do you have any uh, difficulty trying to navigate that with the people in your life? Um, at first, uh, it was difficult for my parents, but they've been really working hard because they've been stuck in their ways and they used to always just call me son and everything just and they've been working hard they now say kid child um they try their hardest to use they them sometimes they slip up but you know i forgive them they're trying yeah. and it's not hard with my partner right now my partner is 
trans as well. They they go by they them as well. So kind of out there they thems. <laughs> okay, but who's the they in that relationship? <laughs> that's, that's a good one. No, no that, that's awesome that you know your parents are doing that. My oldest is also non-binary. Actually, they help me understand it better and then I was like, oh, but that's me. I get that. So they helped me sort of kind of find myself. And whenever we're talking, I always say kid, kid, even though they're about to be 23, they're still kid. <laughs> but it's a nice it, it's a nice in between compared to, you know, daughter or anything else. Yeah, it really is. And I don't know, it just feels nice and it feels like it fits much better than son. Yeah. So that's been um, definitely great to hear that your parents have been supportive, but it's kind of like one of those works in progress. Do you feel that was like informative through your childhood years on, on how you expressed yourself in your gender? Well, when I was young, I knew from like a very early age that I was in the wrong body. One of my earliest memories was me holding a pair of scissors in the bathroom trying to cut my penis off. And I still can feel the pinch of the scissors and where I went, ow, this, I can't do this. And I hit it from my parents and I've hidden it for years. I, I'm Chinese and French, I'm mostly Chinese. So the culture is different. I was the only grandchild who was a boy and in Chinese culture, boys are really highly valued to carry on the family name and Throughout my childhood, I was kind of put on a pedestal. Everybody was, I was always the favorite because I was the grandson. And I guess I never felt comfortable ever expressing feeling otherwise because that would be disappointing to the family. That would lose the family face. I can't. I can't do that. I have to do my duties as the grandson to carry on the name and make sure it lives on instead of ending at uh, me, basically. But basically, it's... Um, it was just hard to kind of be who I felt on the inside versus who I had to be on the outside. <clears throat> and like growing up, my friends were all girls. I played with the girls. I didn't play with the boys. They always, for some reason, accepted me as one of their own as well. My entire carpool was all girls. And I 
always just wanted to just be one of them as well. I wanted to wear the pretty little cute dresses and the hair bows and things like that. But I felt like I just had to be the boy and then the man who I'm supposed to be for my family, for both sides of my family, both my father's side and my mother's side. And I felt that duty to, you know, eventually have children and kind of carry on the name and the tradition. But over the years, I've come to realize that I can't do that. That's just not who I am. And all, all but one of my grandmothers is deceased. So it really doesn't matter anymore, really, because my parents accept my decisions and who I am. So there's no more pressure now, but throughout growing up and before I came out, I always felt that kind of duty to be that strong masculine figure that leads the family and um, achieves quote unquote greatness and honor for the family. We all kind of feel like there's a pull sometimes for society or our families to try and make us fit certain roles that aren't comfortable for us. Uh, I know like I looked into like military service whenever I was uh, trying to be super masculine, things like that. Uh, did you find yourself putting yourself at risky positions or anything like that whenever you were trying to you know, enforce your position as one of those uh, fulfillers of those roles? I... <clears throat> began a toxic relationship with the gym, actually. Um, I had a personal trainer at first just to kind of get in shape. Um, I believe I, that was like eighth grade that I started having a personal trainer. So I was lucky to have a pretty privileged childhood. Um so I worked out and as I got into my high school years, I ended up just um, dropping my trainer because I had enough knowledge to do everything myself. And I went to town on the gym. I went every day. I wanted to build that strong masculine figure the the ideal kind of man shape i got to the point where i was doing the inverted leg press with about 1350 pounds and i did a couple of reps and the people around the gym were cheering and i felt 
so masculine. I'm like, this is, this is what I need to be. This is who I should be. And I ended up damaging my body doing that. Um, My joints aren't, my joints are worn out now and they ache. I have a screw in my ankle and back problems and it just working out became such a focal point for me. I even went and got my personal training license to uh, kind of train other people to build up their body and build up their athleticism. But it it didn't come from a healthy place of just wanting to be athletic. It came from a place of having to fill that masculine role and having that perfect masculine look and with the masculine personality and kind of ignoring who I really was to just focus on being the man I'm supposed to be, the man that upholds the honor of the family and brings honor to the family. And um, before I became disabled, I did triathlons, but those were purely just for myself because I still wanted to stay active. And I found that with triathlons, I didn't have that unhealthy relationship with going to the gym and working out. I just enjoyed kind of a bit of competition outdoors. And I really, really loved doing them. Um, But now that I'm disabled, you can't really do that anymore. But I eventually found kind of a good middle ground for me to kind of stay healthy and keep my athleticism up, but not because I had to be masculine or anything, just kind of for myself to feel a bit of pride for my own sake, rather than trying to feel pride for the family. I'm, I'm right there with you actually right now. It's, I've started going back to the gym again, just to make myself feel better more than anything and not, you know, a lot of people that I know who are trans mask want to go and pump the weights and get that look. And I'm like, no, I just want to be healthy for myself. Cause I feel like being non-binary, we're already walking such a fine line between, you know, masculine or feminine and it's like we're right there in the middle like but no i'm here and people want to put us in those spots exactly like i'm neither and but you're gonna take one look at me and you're gonna put me one way or the other depending on how you look at me and normally once i open my mouth they immediately 
switch if they went for the feminine way or just continue and be like, yep, that was a man. <laughs> ah, sorry. No, I really feel that too. Um, my, they always ask me what my pronouns are and I'm like, it's they, them. That's what I prefer. But since I, I grew out this beard with the testosterone and everything, I'm like, but I'm okay with he, him mm-hmm. to a point. Like it, just until you get used to they, them, you can use he, him. And it's, it doesn't hurt my feelings, but it's not what I prefer. Like maybe it's a way to kind of say like, just kind of, uh, you can back off with the assumptions about what the gender part means to you. Like, you know, essentially like if we were forced to live in hyper-masculine or hyper-feminine roles uh, growing up, rejecting that sort of expectation of that performance mm-hmm. uh, is that acceptance of the non-binary portion of it. Um, but enrolling in the other side of performance is, uh, you know, kind of also just a rejection of that. But uh, is it possibly too much to uh, kind of bow to that binary system to try and perform in a feminine manner or a masculine manner. I don't, I don't think so. I think self-expression has all of the colors of the spectrum and everything in between places that we haven't seen even yet. Mm-hmm. But it, like, I think androgyny is beautiful. A lot of people have a goal of something that they want to see with their body um, and kind of a place to go with that. Um, so if you care talking a little bit about what you do as far as like hormones or what plans you have for surgeries or anything, is there anything you'd care to share with us? I have been on estrogen for almost coming up this October three years. Um, I started out because at the time I came out, I was married. I'm still hopefully at the end of the divorce, but coming out, I ended up losing a spouse. But as I came out, I found that it was hard to actually still be who I was, but also be who I really am on the inside and kind of walking that fine line between getting enough results for myself while not, in essence, becoming unattractive to my wife. And that was really hard for me because I wanted, I saw like the memes and the people sharing on Facebook and everything like I'm on this dose or I'm on that dose. And here I am kind of with the tiny micro doses of the patches kind of trying and getting my hormone levels to kind of be outside of the um outside of the 
kind of gendered brackets, I guess. Outside of normal gendered brackets, you might say. Yeah. Where your hormones should be. And and just like a, a little bit of a range for listeners would be like um, sub 50 milligrams per or parts per million uh, of testosterone would be suppressed testosterone. Above 200 is average for male. Uh, and then ranges for estrogen vary, uh, but um, uh, all, all men have some estrogen in them because testosterone decays into estrogen. Um, but typical in females, oh, over 200 parts, about the same as testosterone. Uh, my, mine spiked into 1299 whenever I switched over to injection. So <laughs> they, they, oh, wow. they cut that down quite a bit. Um, so any particular like range that you'd be looking for or particular effects from hormones like suppression of testosterone can lead to you like having chills, for example, uh, medicine that I take can lead to salt cravings. Anything you're wanting to avoid or or uh, express through the hormones? Um, Not really. Right now, I'm at the maximum safe dosage and I have gotten some effects i've gotten chest growth and fat redistribution and i enjoy it i i love the effects of it i got the little chemical polymer tattooed on my hand as like a little thing for myself just having estrogen on me <laughs> <laughs> It's but, in you. It's under your skin now. <laughs> yep, literally. <laughs> so, like, I I enjoy the effects now much better than I was when I was trying to limit who I was to still be the person that my wife expected me to be. Hmm. And it was difficult because I always kind of thought that throughout my journey, I'm still the same person on the inside. Yeah. I haven't, my actions haven't changed. Things haven't changed. It's just, I want to adjust a little with my body and kind of change uh, my outside appearance a little bit. And she just couldn't take it anymore and wanted to separate. But due to the separation, I finally been able to become myself and who I am and just try things without having to worry about oh is this too feminine or is this going to be too much yeah of a change for her or who's my audience and how much does it impact them right? yeah and basically. if you're just at home and it's all the time like that's a lot for your partner if it's something they're uncomfortable with the expression of and it's a lot for you somebody who's trying to express that same same thing um it's a difficulty that uh, is like too often insurmountable uh for a lot of transgender people and, and their spouses um 
some people can overcome it others others can't um but like the, the nature of relationships always changes over time um you know uh sex is never something you're always going to be able to have like everyone has a a life expectancy date and the sex expectancy date is before that most of the times <laughs> unless you're just really lucky and just going really at it and have a heart attack or whatever but yeah. <laughs> i mean that's one way to go out it um, is <laughs> but, but no, no i mean actually, go ahead uh well i was on that you said that uh now you're with someone who was also uh within under the trans umbrella too it's also non-binary yeah yeah. Can you explain some of that experience? Because I think a lot of people in the trans community, like they think about being with someone else who's trans, but then they're like, but how will that work? It works out better than you think, even though they're going the other way of me. The underlying feelings of not being in the right body, wanting to become the person that I want to be, you instantly kind of understand each other at a deeper level that you wouldn't have with like a cis person. You, you understand the struggle and the kind of difficulties day to day trying to work and be out in public together and not have everybody just stare at you, but it works amazingly. It's amazingly freeing because whatever they want to try, I let them try and whatever I want to try, it's good for me to go ahead and try. I don't have to worry about is this going to be too much? Is this going to be X or is this going to be Y? It's just all the time. It's just like I can be myself completely. And they understand the struggle of trying to just be myself. There's a lot of like linguistic shortcuts that you can just kind of skip over to discuss things more simply. A lot of what exactly. I've heard, though, is you just have to watch out for overlapping dysphorias, like where your one thing gets accounted for, you know, the other way or or whatever. Like if you've got two people who are right off the bat in the transition, like right as they're starting, they're still learning what their triggers might be or what they're wanting to transition into so because the person inside is changing the relationship has to be dynamic as well uh, that's always the case but you know with transgender people we have the shortcut of language but we also have to respect the transition and what that means to the other individual and not put everything in the relationship uh, impended upon someone else's transition yeah i agree and it's kind of nice going through this journey together, though, um, kind of feeling the feeling really joyful and happy for them when they feel euphoric about the way they look or getting something that they finally need. And it's kind of shared almost the 
experiences it's like a win for them almost feels like a win for yourself even though i'm kind of going ew testosterone (laughs) (laughs) but like yay they finally got their testosterone i'm so happy for them and like it's nice just sharing the journey together because wins for one ends up being kind of wins for both. Yeah. Yeah. I I also think it's sometimes when something's happening with testosterone and we're not used to it, the other person can explain or with estrogen, the other person can explain, Oh yeah, no, I went through this. This is how, you know, that it's that shared experience. I think that makes it, just a little bit deeper at times, you know, as far as a relationship together. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. Yeah. It has definitely helped and oh, yeah. helped both ways. Yeah. 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 I, I really have to actually say, I have to thank therapy for helping me come out. It really helps. I went to therapy for some of my mental illnesses, specifically like my OCD. And I ended up just not being able to, I guess, contain it anymore and finally voiced how I felt to somebody. And that really just made it I I wouldn't say easier but it kind of felt like I was able to finally push myself over that fear of what it would be like saying the actual words yeah for me it was like almost like going down on a roller coaster as gravity starts taking effect and one cart pulls the other carts faster and faster down because like i was fine with myself i was okay in myself and then my wife was okay with me and then my kids were okay with me and then my friends were okay with me it was just like all of it coming down once one after another but it starts with the little trickles of it's okay if i accept this part uh and it just the tiniest little you know, trickles that come through eventually that erode through uh, and lets you express yourself finally as you want to be. Yeah, definitely. I, I would agree with those feelings. Like it starts out slow, but then it just kind of pours out. You just kind of can't contain it. And <clears throat> It's if you let it stew too long, it'll just burst. And so that bursting for you, did that like have any outcome? I know some people can go through like massive life changes on a really rapid basis because they realize they're they're transgender. I it was rough at first with the wife and we spent basically the time from when i came out to when she wanted a divorce in couples therapy 
And that I think helped, but at the same time, the effort that was put in was really kind of tough, I guess. Yeah. And it was okay because you're at that point, I was still learning about myself. And I actually ended up getting my orchiectomy through a non really gendered route originally. I had gone in for a vasectomy and ended up with a hematoma as a complication. And with the pain that lasted, they decided it would be either remove the nerve or remove the testicles. And I was like, well, I'm trans and might as well get rid of them. And I was lucky enough to have a surgeon who last job was working at a trans clinic. And he's just like, you can hit two birds with one stone, literally. <laughs> two and stones yeah. with one two stones. shovel. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. That was good. <laughs> but yeah, after I got the orchiectomy, I felt way more like myself. I it definitely helped a lot because I didn't need to take the um testosterone suppressants anymore i could just focus on taking estrogen and not really having to worry about what my testosterone levels are at but now i'm trying to get full bottom surgery and there's been leaps and hurdles to get to it 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 hasn't been easy but i'm glad that i live outside of a large enough city where they have clinics and specialists that do this and they've been really helpful they i had to get letters from my psychiatrist my therapist and my um hormone prescribing doctor to just be able to talk to insurance about hey can we get this covered and yeah i'm still waiting on a date and hopefully soon they'll be able to give me one but that's something I'm really kind of looking forward to. It's kind of in a way anxious because it's like, I just want it now, let's just do it. But at the same time, it gives you time to really reflect is, is this really the right decision for me? Mm -hmm. And it, the decision for me hasn't changed at all. 
it's it's still full force ahead. Let's see what we can do. And they, I guess they just seem to make it so difficult for people like us to get any help at all. Like mm -hmm. the clinic I'm working with is great enough to have the social workers and everything like built into their own clinic. So they have everything in house, but just having to file paperwork and get coordination with your other doctors and making sure you've seen the other doctors long enough to be able to do it. It just seems like they're putting um, red tape over everything and they're just trying to jump around and jump over that to get to where you need to be. And right. it's- I'm crunching in a sandwich. I'm gonna mute myself. <laughs> There's just, um, I don't know, it's just, kind of sad to me that it takes that much to let someone feel right in their own body. And it takes so much effort and expense and it's no wonder that GoFundMe's are all over the place for um, helping people with top surgery or bottom surgery. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of sad that to access this, you need so much, um, so much kind of just almost governmental bureaucratic kind of style of kind of moving things along. Well, there's, you know, uh, so much expense involved with just regular health care, routine checkups, necessary medical things that are currently on the necessary medical, you know, procedures for all insurances, all of that. And having, you know, an insurance uh, partner who is non-cooperative whenever it comes to transgender care, transgender medicine, brings up a huge barrier and restricts that access further through those channels. So, like, if we just didn't have to worry about the expenses of medical care entirely, was all covered, then I'm sure a lot more people would be able to successfully navigate that red tape portion. Uh, some states it's more yeah, difficult than others. Sometimes you can just get the easy rubber stamp from your doctor if you're asking for hormones when it comes to things like surgeries though it takes a lot of effort it's not something we'd give out to people under 18 with not without lots of therapy and communication from your, their doctors and things like that like you said we had to prove all of that for uh for your surgery to to get into place for an interview uh, even so uh, obviously, that's going to be something that's difficult to navigate without like proper insurance channels. You say that's going to be all covered, and you're you're set to go for that, though. Is that right? Um, 
I'm hoping that most of it will be covered. I'm just still worse. I'm still waiting on them to kind of process everything on their end and coordinate all the care with my other doctors and other providers and like now it's just kind of waiting to see how much insurance will be willing to cover and what they're willing to cover and it's kind of scary in a way because it's like they can either be good or in cover a lot or here I am waiting, getting gotten the approval, but I got to wait and save up to get enough to actually go through with the surgery. I can tell you, I do know of a grant that's out there that once you have the amount set, they will help you with that. And we can put the information down in the little bio for this one on YouTube. And if it's not on YouTube, we'll put, you know, we'll put it in our description and stuff. On the podcast. Yeah, we'll put it in the podcast link. So yeah, we'll insert sure here, Caroline. Insert here. <laughs> Tag. <laughs> Got you. I'll send it to you. Um, but yeah, I think those are those are really great ways because this really the surgeries that we would like to have to me are truly a life-saving thing. Yeah. Just because of the mental toll it takes when you look in the mirror every day and that's the one thing you look at and you're like, Ugh. and it's not, it's not like, you know, a cis person saying, Oh, I want a boob job. No, this is us wanting something that, you know, like you said, you've, you've almost physically tried to take off. That's, you know, that's something totally different than getting a nose job. It's something totally different than a tummy tuck and some of the other things. Not to say those things aren't important to those people, but this to the trans community is life-saving. You know, affirmative actions we take. Definitely. Yeah. And I, and if you want, you can actually give a shout out to your, uh, to your clinic and stuff. Cause it sounds like yours is, is one of the good ones out there. And, you know, if you want to share that resource, I'm all about sharing resources. Yeah. I live outside of Chicago and they, because it's tied with the university of Illinois, they only accept, um, patients from Illinois, but they are the gender affirmation clinic at um, Rush University Hospital. And the team has been really great. They they kind of do everything in-house for you and they let you know, oh, okay, we need this from you. And here's a template and you can just give this to your doctor. And they made navigating it definitely a hell of a lot easier than if I was trying to figure out, okay, I need to get this for the insurance. I need mm -hmm. to get that for the insurance. I need this for this doctor. I need that. And it, they're really great people. And I hope that soon I'll get my approval and date set up, but we just kind of have to wait and 
that I think is one of the hardest things for the trans community. Once you get started, there's a lot of waiting. <laughs> it's not. It's a marathon. Like, yep. It's not yeah. a sprint. Yeah. And we've already waited so long just to be ourselves. We don't want to wait. Our patience is very thin when it comes to those things. We yep. want to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving my hormones time. I'm letting them soak in or whatever to yeah. see no. how far I can get. If I don't ever need any surgery and I don't feel like I will for my top surgery, then that would be awesome. Less pain, the better. But, you know, uh, when it comes to like uh, other surgeries and things like that, it takes a lot of planning. A lot of therapy, a lot of self-care and self-understanding, you know, um, yes. with having those reflections, you know, having kind of echoed back over the years to us. My relationship with mirrors has changed so drastically since transitioning. I used to have angry mirror time uh, a whole lot. Um, and, you know, self-image as far as that's concerned for my perception of self I, I didn't want to be in my own body so I've been able to experience so much more joy and openness and expressing uh, myself even though some of my uh, relationships have changed uh, in the nature um, you know things like that are so much smaller than the overall impact to my mental health I feel so are, are there any other uh, ways that you feel that you're more capable of expressing yourself that you might maybe not uh, have have uh, anticipated before like things that you didn't think you'd be able to do that you're able to now um <clears throat> basically a lot of it has to do with dressing the way i want to i can now just be comfortable with wearing whatever i want to versus before trying to fit into that um masculine box um, I am like perfectly happy now trying out different outfits and accessories and kind of, it's almost in a way like a rebirth and I'm finally going through puberty again, the way I wanted it to actually go <laughs> the original way, but now I'm older and I'm like, maybe I don't want to do that much because that would be painful or eh, I'll, I'll go for another piercing. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, you take control of your body as you see fit. And sometimes like yeah, that's more effort than it might be worth. <laughs> like is is can be a consensus. And you can if you can come to a place of peace with yourself without that, some people are able to navigate. And I don't I'm not a medicalist myself. I wouldn't ever require anyone else to go through a procedure just so I can use a specific set of pronouns or anything like that. So um obviously though going with they them, you just want to have the kind of body that you feel comfortable with. And then the social presentation, I've I've heard a lot of people who are trans femmes say they just don't want the he him they just don't want what they feel is sort of the expectations that society puts on them for being i guess what i might think of as toxic masculine behaviors of being mm -hmm. aggressive or being mm -hmm. i don't know maybe more testosterone associated behaviors perhaps <laughs> of being too hot and smelly and oil and getting pimples i don't know <laughs> you just described my life for the past like <laughs> year and a half i'm like what is this 
so, I, so, I understand. <laughs> yeah, but but what what would you say would be your your goal? Do you prefer to have like androgen and androgyny or the dual gender, just so it's all options on the table? Uh, what's your what's your preference? I'm, what your I'm going more androgyny and more towards the feminine side because that side is still, I guess, the stronger side at least for me right now and i want to like you said just kind of in a way get rid of the he him just to be able to feel kind of like safe with my own self and comfortable with my own being. And yeah. I, I guess the difficult part is the world still is just learning about us and learning about the people in the middle. And <clears throat> like yesterday I went to a concert and there were a lot of people I had to go to the bathroom and I just stood in the middle, kind of staring at both, figuring which one should I go into, which one would I be safest in? And I was dressed more feminine, so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go to the ladies. And everything went fine. <laughs> I, and it felt nice to just be able to go to the bathroom and not worry, but there's still almost that panic when you start walking up and like, which one do I use? Yes. Do I use the, do I use, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's inevitable to happen, at least it happened to me, so I'm going to say it's inevitable to happen that within the first year <laughs> that you'll go into the wrong yeah. restroom at least once, uh, and then you'll feel a little bit awkward about it. So has it happened yet? Yeah, it has. <laughs> it but, definitely has. <laughs> I mean, it still happens to me at times, even though like more masculine features now and the beard really sets it off. I'm still like, when I travel, I still want almost take that left into the women's room, but I'm like, Oh no, over here. No, over because just because if I went into that women's room, you know, I, what's going to happen. Somebody's going to freak out when they see me. So, right. I'll go right. But really I think the lesson here is businesses, hospitals, concert places, Build a non-binary bathroom. Build the family-friendly, if you want to call it, whatever you want to do that. It's a non-gender conforming bathroom. Just make it that way. It's very easy. Or I just promise. have a urinal room and then exactly. stalls in the bathrooms. You know, just, just one big urinal room, a piss hall, or, you know? Or, or you know what? Even just do what a lot of places – what a few places here in, uh, that I visit here when we go to shows and stuff is – don't care. Just wash your hands. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Go. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Just wash your hands. That's all we care about. <laughs> so uh, what about in your professional life, career-wise, anything uh, that uh, you care to share with as far as tactics or how that might have impacted you? 
Career-wise, um, <clears throat> I came out to my company, oh, was that last year or was that this year? No, that was last year, yeah. I came out to my company and I was like, I'm not <clears throat> quite sure how to go about this. So I went to HR and I was like, hey, I've transitioned and since I'm disabled, I work remotely full time, but our team normally goes into the office once a week and they see each other and I'm like, we're having this outing. This is the first time they're going to be seeing me at, in well over a year, do I just go as myself and wear a skirt and be comfortable? Mm -hmm. Or do I just keep on putting that mask on? And I decided that I'm going to take that chance and be myself. So I contacted HR and told them and I was really surprised with how supportive they were of me and they're like yeah um let's set up some time to talk um we can go about this like many ways to kind of express to your team um they <clears throat> said I could just add my pronouns into my email, um, change it to my preferred name. And if I wanted, I could tell my team myself or he would personally talk to my team about my transition. And I kind of opted for that. I felt safer <laughs> having- A little bit um, of a buffer. A An bit advocate. of a buffer, exactly. Kind of talk the team through, and everything went fine. Where there's no changes, um, everyone just uses my preferred name now, and business kind of went on as normal. And I'm really lucky to be in a company that has a big. Um, LGBT support kind of group and they go over like ethics and values and things like that, but they celebrate pride and are just really supportive. And I know people on my team there are a few that are really religious and I was really worried about that, but having HR there as like a buffer really kind of helped me and made it easier and really cut out what I thought would be a lot of turmoil and kind of stress into maybe. Yeah. Yeah. 
having an outlet work is important it's super important Mm -hmm. i I had one of my managers say oh you know one of the two workers did say they them when referring to i just wanted to do a pronoun check with you and i said oh it's she her until something more femme comes along so yeah (laughs) it it, it was good because it was just kind of like i'm not trying to police or anything but yeah i just want to make sure that i'm getting this right Mm -hmm. yeah and yeah coming out of work it's been great. It's a big relief. It's another huge thing off my chest and another place where I feel safe being myself. <laughs> Which is really, really important, especially when it's a place where you, I mean, living in the society we live in, we, we have to have money coming in somehow. So it's nice to feel safe in that environment too. Definitely. Yeah, a lot of people can lose their their work over um, you know a transition, um, but thankfully, you know, having strong protections is really uh, pretty common these days, especially for national corporate change and things like that. With things that go interstate that have to respect the laws of multiple states at the time, they've kind of had to be progressive already in that sense to to work in that capacity. So it's always a a good opportunity for transgender people to look for career opportunities. We have about 10 minutes here just to finish up, tighten up any loose ends. Uh, if you feel like there's any other topic you'd like to talk about. It's been a really great talk, though. I, I thank yeah. you for your time. Um, anything else in your mind? Um, Not really, but the trans journey is full of up and downs. It's not all just up. There are really low lows and really high highs and... It's tough, but you just got to stick it out and be who you truly are on the inside and depending on how you feel, the outside as well. And for me, hormones and surgery seem to be the direction I'm going. For others, it may just be hormones and some people it might just be social Everyone's journey is different, but each journey is filled with struggle. (laughs) (laughs) Discovery. Discovery of struggles sometimes, yeah. Yes. But an opportunity to overcome those struggles, to discover more struggles. (laughs) Yeah. But there's plenty of trans joy in there, too. Yeah. There really is. There really is. And it's... It's nice being able to have community and people like you spreading the word and kind of making the world a little bit better piece by piece and step by step and just kind of letting the world know that it's okay to be yourself. And it may be tough, but it's worth it at the end. It always will be. Yeah. Yeah. Actually saying all these things reminds me because song lyrics come to my head of uh, there's there's a person out there performing right now called Talk. And some of his lyrics are my highs were making loves to my lows. And I think that is a perfect representation. Our highs do they our highs are with our lows and they're you just got to deal with them. And are you going to take us out with a musical number then? Is that right? No, no, I will not.
I will not. But if you want to go check out that artist, name is Talk. T-A-L-K. Yeah, they're really cool. All right. Well, any other pluggables that you'd like? Any other recommendations for our listeners to find community or plug-in resources that you've been able to use yourself? Um, I mainly just use Facebook. I find those trans groups really helpful, kind of sharing the stories and kind of seeing that I'm not the only one struggling with this. And there are other people who are just like me and just kind of that, even just that sense of um, community. Um, I have a little Facebook page called Friendly Trans Femme MB <laughs> and an Instagram Friendly NB Picks that I take pictures of. And I mean, the internet can be a great resource, but it can also be a very scary place. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you got to find those safe places. And like, it's hard sometimes with how our culture has become to just start talking to someone and, you know, slide into their DMs. And surprisingly, that's how I met my partner is I slid into their DMs and I was like, hey, you want to be friends? This is, you sound really cool. And here we are almost a year later and happily together. And it can happen. You can find people online just like you and talk and find people who are going through the same things you are. You're not alone. There are people out there just like you and there are plenty of people who are going through the same journey and going through the same struggles and wanting the same things as you and it's natural and it's okay. It's safe to explore those parts of yourself. It's it's not something to be ashamed of anymore. It's something to celebrate. It's something to really just be prideful of is who you really are, not the front you put on for somebody, the front you put on for society, but truly being the person that you are authentically 100% of the time. Yes, that's trans joy right there. Absolutely. That's such a great message to share. And, and AC, I appreciate you with all of the conversations you shared with us about how you've overcome. I think it's been excellent. Mar, anything else you'd like to add in? No, just thank you so much for talking yeah. with us. And otherwise, thanks for joining us. You have a great week, okay? You too. Thank you for having me. I'll do. Bye. See you later. See you later. Bye bye. <laughs>